Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Chillport Podcast, episode 213. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today, talking about video games. For you, for those of you in the America of USA, happy 4th of July. This is going up on the 4th of July, but I'm actually recording this on Friday this weekend, so I got the whole weekend ahead of me. I'm ready. We'll see if I actually make good use of that time. <laughs> um, so, so enjoy that holiday if you have it. If you don't, well... Enjoy your enjoy your normal week that you are gonna have working this Monday. Um, so yeah, um, this week I have a, a good variety of stuff. I think we have uh, a game I played through. We also have a um, couple of projects that I've been working on as well. Unfortunately, none of them are like actual projects that will result in much content per se. Um, but you know, they're things that I've been meaning to get done, uh, anyways. And then there's also a couple news stories I think that are probably worth talking about as well. Um, quick correction here real quick, and it's actually kind of related to the, the game I played to some degree. Um, so I went ahead and, uh, put Call of Duty 3 in for the Wii. And if you're wondering, like, why are you talking about Call of Duty 3 for the Wii all of a sudden? Not that that's really too much of a, like, weird thing for this this uh, YouTube channel and website, right? Um, the reason I put it in is I want to kind of go back and check my feelings on a particular moment in that game. Um, if you remember me rambling on about Sinner Reflections uh, late last year, I kind of was, like, upset about kind of how that game handled um, its motion controls to some degree. And I still would say that there is a lot missing from that game in that regard. Sinner Reflections is a great game if you like like the Sinner characters. You want to learn more about those characters in that game. Um, so it, it, it's really good in that regard. Um, but when it comes to to a as a game and motion controls like mimic massaging and things like that, it's not great in that regard, in my opinion. Um, so the one thing I talked about at the time was in Call of Duty Three. There's a sp- particular sequence where you put a c4 bomb on artillery units and in my mind this was like an amazing moment of just like yeah we motion controls at their prime um you know never trust your memory because i went back you know this is a early Wii game like 2000 late 2006 right um for for, for that um and it's pretty awful <laughs> It's it's pretty bad sequence because it is all nunchuck based. And if you don't know, using the Wii nunchuck is not the greatest way, not the most accurate motion controls. The nunchuck really has no business being any motion control other than just shake it. If you try to make someone do something precise with that, that's bad. Don't do that. So for some reason, they mapped all these actions to the motion control. I think the thought behind it was that the character's using his left hand mainly to kind of set these bombs. Um, but it, the, the motions just did not like match up right or in the right way. So, so you know, quick, quick correction there. Mark that off. My memory of that moment is significantly different than what that thing actually was. So um, I think there's still something to be said about, you know, Sinekuguru Reflections not really meeting that that kind of want I have to kind of mimic the motions of doing massages and things like that. That was kind of what I wanted out of the game. But at the very least, I can say Call of Duty 3 did not do it well either. So, so yeah. 
Um, anyways, but yeah, so so that that aside, uh, the game I actually played, and I played it right after finishing up Call of Duty 3, was uh, the YY Combat. And if you don't know what the YY Combat is, it is a simple series game on the Wii put out by D3. Simple series being a line of budget games that typically came out around, I'd say... I, th- I think the PlayStation 1-ish era was probably when they started first cropping up. I'm, I'm not a simple series expert or anything like that. And I don't think they really exist today. I think probably like PS3 and Wii was kind of like the last area, era you really saw simple series games. I, I, again, I say that not as somebody who's a, as an expert of that, th- that series or anything like that. So, um, you know, this game's like 30 bucks. It was like, you know, half the price of, or maybe 20 bucks off of like a full game. I would say this game probably doesn't really feel like that. It probably feels more in line with like what I would expect out of a WiiWare title. But it's a third person shooter with a very like cartoony aesthetic. And uh, it was kind of centered around, or at least the impression I get is that it was centered around, centered around online multiplayer. Um, being a shooter on the Wii, it, it feels more like a first generation shooter more than anything. It came out in 2008. Um, but, you know, around 2008, you were starting to see things like Medal of Honor's Heroes 2, uh, the Conduit, things like that, which were really starting to refine the Wii Remote's uh, pointer controls for first-person shooters. Um, but this game feels maybe more in line with, like, what Red Steel's doing. Um, the, the one that feels really bad, I remember, that this kind of reminds me of most, and maybe it's just, like, the aesthetic, is um, in Monkey Ball... Um, Tilt... No, not Tilt, Tilt and Roll. The first Monkey Ball game on the Wii, I'm blanking on the name... Um, that, that has a first person shooter mini game in it that does not control very well. And it reminds me a lot of that. Um, and I think if you're playing like online in an arena shooter kind of thing, that would probably not work out great either because you are having to kind of, you know, turn around and shoot at players behind you. And that just does not work with the like really early first person shooter Wii controls all those games benef- or, or, were really strong if they had you just solely mo- moving forward. They they really couldn't have you turning around and like engaging with enemies behind you or anything like that. And so being like an open arena, I think it's like six player like deathmatch and I think there's a capture the flag modes. Um, it, it probably wouldn't have worked very well. There's some footage online you can go look at and it looks kind of awkward. Um, however... I do think this game works fairly well as a single player game and it's not really due to the depth of the content. It's just a different approach to the content. So instead of just like having, you know, bots that try to act as humans, um, they essentially just have like AI, like soldiers around the maps that kind of patrol around in in very specific locations. Um, And then depending on the mission you're doing, there's like 50 missions and then also like uh, some extra like score attack modes. Uh, the, The positions of them are fixed and they usually have the same weapons, I believe. I don't think they they randomize anything. I think it is all just kind of a set scenario. And it's a score attack mode, essentially. So you you essentially get scored. Um, I never bothered to translate the menus, actually. But I assume it's for speed, accuracy, and, uh, you know, not taking damage. Um, and so what happens is, is you end up kind of just figuring out the kind of route to get through these levels to maximize all those those stats essentially and so you get an s rank and you know it didn't take me very long to get s ranks on everything i think it took me about like three hours to s rank all the score attack modes there's also like a mission mode which is kind of like half a training mode but once it gets like in the latter half it's more gimmicky kind of things where you're like collecting coins in the environment or you're like going and like dodging you know 
guys throwing grenades to get to a certain point in the map and things like that. But it's all very short burst kind of thing. So, you know, it's, it's not a game you really want to invest a lot of money into. I think 30 would have been pretty steep without the online mode, or at least without utilizing that. And even the online mode, I think there's only three maps online. Uh, but you do get, like, unlock clothes and things like that. So it's actually, when you sit down and play the single-player mode and you really kind of engage in that run-based mentality around it, I think it's a game that improves quite a bit because if you just think about it as a third-person shooter, you know, it's clunky, it doesn't play super well, and it's very content light, and a lot of the weapons feel a little unbalanced, I think, at least against the AI. Um, I did actually try to, well, I, I wasn't actually able to connect to the um, private servers that are up there for the Wii and DS. So I believe, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like Wii MMFI or something like that. So those are the private servers for the Wii. They're actually surprisingly easy to connect to. There are some ways you can do it without soft modding your, your, your Wii, uh, for certain games. I believe it's probably for things like Smash Bros. and Mario Kart. I didn't look into that in too much detail because I found out it's only really like a very select number of games you can kind of make that work with. So for most games on the service you, or, or that, that they support, you basically just like load on an application on your, your homebrew channel, launch that application, and that application will launch the game disc and patch the game to connect to their their private servers. And um, there were some issues with uh, the YY combat specifically. I think it has something to do with like system menu information. Like if a system menu information has like Japanese text, but it's using the actual text that's like on the Wii itself rather than like some kind of font loaded in by the game or graphics for text. Uh, the, the the menu would be blank, but as long as you are like set everything up ahead of time properly, you're able to just kind of connect in. Um, maybe unsurprisingly, nobody's playing the YY combat <laughs> online. Um, but it seems possible I was able to connect into a server. I was able to get into like you know a a matchmaking session kind of thing, and obviously I didn't match with anyone, but it seemed to work. Um, so I did try a few other things as well. I connected to the last story, um, so I was able to set that up. Um, I was also able to connect with uh, Samurai Warriors Three which Samurai Warriors 3 is a kind of an interesting scenario where um if you don't know in Samurai Warriors 3 for the Wii it is it has like this specific mode to it called the Murasame mode that's based off of the Nazujo Murasame or whatever it's called which is like Mysterious Castle Murasame or something like that um which is the NES Famicom game I love the it's my favorite Famicom game actually so I picked up this game mainly because of that mode but apparently that is like entirely co-op from start to finish from what I'm reading online but the rest of the game is not it's just that one particular mode so it's kind of weird especially since this is apparently like a exclusive mode to this release of the game there was apparently a re-release on like PlayStation 3 and 3DS I believe and I don't think those versions of the games include that mode in there so so it's kind of interesting that that particular mode has online co play co-op uh, i wonder if it has something to do with like the complexities of the maps because the maps are very uh room focused versus like being kind of like a uh, um i guess like an open environment but with, like tunnels to kind of go into it's very room focused online as well but i feel like the maps are a bit more sprawling where the murasame mode feels a bit more compact so maybe maybe they're able to keep everything like kind of compact together and do the multiplayer in a, in a, in a group kind of thing so I'm kind of curious about trying that out sometime, but I would have to find somebody who A, owns Samurai Warriors for the Wii, B, is willing to, you know, patch it. It's not, like, hard to patch it, but if they don't have, like, a homebrew software running on their Wii already, they have to, you know, mod their 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 Wii and then and then take the time to sit through it with me for I don't know how long. <laughs> I don't know how long it'll take. I did have one friend that was kind of interested, but we ultimately kind of came to the conclusion that maybe checking out Samurai Warriors 4 would be the better choice. There is Samurai Warriors 5 coming out sometime soon. Um but uh I would assume that's gonna be, you know, somewhat uh 
around full price for a while, and I don't really know if I want to play full pro- pay full price for a Samurai Warriors game at this point. Um, I don't really have a strong desire to play Musou games. I mostly am interested in this Samurai Warriors 3 mode, um, but, you know, I'm open to playing Samurai Warriors 4 if that makes sense uh, in, in that particular scenario. I would eventually also like to play Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Echoes of Time on there, which, uh, if, if you don't remember, that game is a cross-play game on the DS and Wii. Um, so with DS, it's kind of a bit more of a pain to connect to those servers because you have to have a particular type of network set up, at least to connect directly from a DS console. Um, but with the Wii, um, and like it's like an old you know WEP encryption kind of thing, so it's like an outdated wireless format you really don't want to use uh, due to security concerns on your network. But uh, with the Wii, uh, it, it supports at least, I think, WPA or something like that. And so that's more normal. And you're also going to do like a wired connection. So I'm wiring up my... my, my um, we to do that as well. My Wii U specifically, actually. Um, so I would like to try that. And that has co-op campaign from start to finish, apparently. So I would like to poke around that someday. But again, it's just one of those things that once you start getting to like these hacky fan service kind of thing, you know, you really got to have people on board to commit to that thing. If you don't, then, you know, chances are it's just going to, you know, be impossible to set up. I would really like to check out the game called, I believe it's called Homeworld or Homeland on the GameCube. Uh, that apparently you can still play online using, I believe, direct uh, connections to IP addresses at this point. Um, I would like to check that game out someday uh, at, at some point. Um, but, you know, finding a person to play online is a whole other thing. There's a guy who was on the internet that used to talk about that game a lot on his particular forums, and I think they ran a community there. I don't get the impression that they are active at this point, but I wonder if I could contact that particular guy and, and, and see if I could figure something out. Or gal, actually, I don't do not know the gender. They are the their, their picture was the hue or the 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 raw cast from uh from Fantasy Star Online two. So they got the two mech guns. So <laughs> I don't remember their name, but I could probably find them remembering the raw cast picture and looking up for the only people on the internet to talk about Homeland for the GameCube. So so yeah, so I'm glad I finally got that out of the way. It was super easy to set up and easy to do. Like when if you already have a hacked Wii, it's just dropping the application on the uh the apps folder in your your Wii and then and then just load it right up basically which is which is pretty cool. Um there also I decided to finally after I complain I complain about it all the time just because I don't ever set a, set time aside to do it. I'm going to go ahead and hack my Vita finally. I just keep pushing it off and I just need to do it. Um, there's a few reasons why I want to do this. I think the most obvious and most common for most people is um for memory card uh, support, uh, SD memory card support instead of, instead of using the proprietary ones. Um, I'm not really sure how much truth there is to this, but, um, it seems like in most cases, the memory cards on the Vitas are not really holding up. Uh, mine's at least in a bad shape in terms of like, it doesn't really work properly a lot of time. I've got friends who have cards that are dying on them and, and things like that. I've tried reformatting my card and that didn't uh, that didn't fix it either. So I'm not really sure what the issue is. So I've also read some posts online with Reddit that seems to have other people having the same issue. And those those memory cards are very expensive as well. So I finally got that adapter. The only problem with that adapter is that you have to use the game card slot to load that SD uh, card. So my assumption is, and I don't know this for sure. At this point, once you hack your your Vita system, if you're gonna use that onboard or that SD card um, for storing game data and things like that, 
you basically are foregoing your ability to really play any games physically on your system using the actual cartridge, which I'm not necessarily opposed to. You know, I, I do like to buy games first and foremost with, with for physical copies. I have like, you know, Tales of the Innocent or Tales of the Tempest, um, uh, Love Plus over there. I have the cartridges for those, uh, but like I know I'm not going to ever play them on those actual cartridges because there's fan translations available and things like that. So I'm not opposed to having a physical copy of a game and then also, you know, loading up on digitally through through a uh a hack device kind of thing um fantasy star nova has a fan translation on ps vita although i think it is maybe um a limited amount of the game that's fan translated but it seems like it's publicly available and you can use it if you want um setting up to play fantasy star nova online is a whole other thing but yeah, and also, um, you know, it'll be easier for me to just capture PSP games in general. It just displays a lot easier through a Vita TV. The only problem being, um, if, you've, or if you're familiar with how HDMI works, there's the ability for a device to do something called like HDCP encoding or something like that, which basically is like copyright protection. Um, and so you, like if you hook up a PS3 to a capture card, it, your capture card is not going to let you capture it basically. Um, so you have to do something to strip that HDCP and I have a splitter that does that. Although I don't really know. I know for a while it was kind of in flux of how many devices out there really could do that. But, um, but it does display the game full screen where the Vita or the PSP itself only displays it within a window. And also just playing with a PSP is not as comfortable as playing with a DualShock uh, controller. So I would much rather use a PS3 controller than, um, then uh you know connect my psp to a tv so we played a little bit of a shining blade on stream last week that game is pretty cool i'd like to check that game out but valkyrie chronicles 3 is probably the game i didn't play first because that has an actual fan translation i still need to get a copy i don't really know what the situation is with the pricing on that game but i feel like generally those games are fairly cheap if, and if not fairly cheap you know i think not expensive at the very least so just gotta just gotta you know do what I do, you know, end up with a giant box of games from Japan Retro Direct <laughs> trying to get that copy of Valkyrie Chronicles. Um, by the way, since we talked about Fancy Star Nova earlier, um, I had, you know, I don't know how open I've been about this on the podcast. I feel like I've talked about this enough that probably people are aware that, you know, Fancy Star Online 2 New Gen Genesis is a game that I'm very interested in and I keep like considering getting an xbox to check it out because right now my processor just can't run that particular game for you know some reason or another it's just the type of processor i have is not compatible essentially um and and i'm like oh man i really want to try out new genesis and, the, and it's kind of weird because when i look at new genesis I don't know if it's a game I'll like. Um, so I was actually watching my friends. I had a couple friends actually stream the game to me a little bit. There's some things I liked and some things I didn't like based off what I was seeing from from what they're doing. Um, I, if you're, you've been around on the podcast, you know I'm not a big open world game fan. So whenever you're like, hey, we're just going to dump you in this world and you're just going to go to these objective markers, I'm just like, eh. Admittedly, the people I was watching playing were not really doing quests or anything, so I don't really know what that structure looks like. But when I asked about it a bit, it seemed very much just kind of like, yeah, you just kind of go on the world and you collect gather things on the way and then if you if you need a level you might kill stuff on the way but otherwise you're just going straight to the objective kind of thing and and doing the objective once you get there and i'm not really a huge fan of that setup but um you know i think i think i think i generally just don't like games that don't have a strong structure to them i like a good structure i like to have a kind of 
refined experience in a lot of cases. That's not always true, obviously, but but in the case of just like an open world, I feel like a lot of the times open worlds don't give it back in a way that I want them to. Um, I love Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, but Xenoblade Chronicles X is a game that I am very mixed on because of how that game handles its world. It is just a bit too open, but you know, I I did the work. I got I got that game done. So so I think that part of the game just. It's something that I'm just like, oh man, I don't know about that. But I will say it does, it does make me curious. And that's what's important, right? Like, like I may not like it as much as like a standard PSO game. And I didn't, I never played a lot of PSO 2, I will say, admittedly, because it's like a live game already. So that's kind of why New Genesis is kind of appealing right now is because there's not a lot of content. So I'd like to kind of check it out for what it is now. Um, and I'm sure I wouldn't keep up with it, but, you know, I'd like to see, you know, kind of what their vision of, you know, this is what the game is at launch and we're not going to have 30 billion pop-up windows when you log in because we're going to notify you of four years worth of announcements or something like that, right? It's like the problem with live games and, and, and it's like if you take a break or you start late, there's just so much stuff and it's just all in front of you and it's like really hard to, like Final Fantasy XIV is a situation where they kind of guide you in those cases. I don't feel like Fantasy Star Online 2 is that kind of situation. Like I, they like dump you in episode four and if you don't know what like when i was playing they dumped you in episode four and like and like if you don't know what's going on with the episodes in that game you're just like why, why am i in episode four right now how do i start at episode one and like well where's all the cutscenes? like why am i just going through these environments and not getting any story and then you find out why later on that like they took out all the cutscenes and put them in like a menu you gotta go look at separately and you get you can like time travel between episode one and four it's just like a lot of cruft just starts building up on it so getting in there early is like important or something so as much as I am like not super into the open world aspect of the game, I do think it is it is probably right now I am most interested as mo the most interested I will ever be in playing that game, and I think I'm more interested in playing New Genesis than I ever was interested in playing Fantasy Star Online Two based PSO Two because that game does feel very much like a Fantasy Star Universe Two more than anything, um, in a lot in a lot of ways. But not, not I think there's obviously differences. It's a very different game in a lot, in, in some components like. It, but it's building, I feel like, on top of what Fantasy Star Universe was. So I, so I didn't really feel a ton of a need to play a ton of PSO2 as much as I would want to. Um, where Fantasy Star, uh, or New Genesis specifically, I feel a need that I need to play that and see what it is and check it out. Um, one thing I did really like about the game, though, is um, how forces worked. Um, one of my friends was showing me kind of how their magic system works between like tagging enemies or like also like applying a buff to yourself through like uh the, like the electric attacks and 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 kind of how that plays into combat and i thought that looked really cool that was something that i kind of felt like and, and again i never played a ton of pso2 maybe like 25 hours but i didn't really love how forces played in pso2 so i always ended up going with hunters instead because i just felt like the forces with their like if i recall correctly it was like there may have been a charge mechanic mixed in kind of out of fantasy star zero, but it was mainly about like chaining or timing your spell casts. And, and so you're just like constantly sending a wave of spells at people kind of thing where I, I don't know if I, and there's like a third person perspective where you're like, you know, shooting like a third person shooter in a lot of ways. And I don't know if I really ever liked that, or at least I never got used to it in a way that I was able to appreciate it. 
Um, so let's let's leave it at that. <laughs> I don't want to say it's bad or I didn't like it, but I never got to the point that I felt comfortable with that system where this seems very, um, very straightforward in terms of learning it, but also has a clear, um, you know, a gimmick to it that that kind of draws me in so so that was something i, I think really maybe be like okay actually maybe i will play force if i get around to playing new genesis at some point um but it's one of those things that i i definitely you know there's definitely the feeling that like oh i could get an xbox or i could you know upgrade my pc but i have fantasy star nova and depending on like where that is fan translation wise you know i could go play fantasy star nova instead but i i, I feel like now would be the best time for me to play new genesis if i was ever going to play new genesis and if i wait a year or two then i think that that time will have passed but either way i am very curious about the game and i think i do want to touch it someday but the more and more content there is the less and less likely i will invest the time i need to into it to really learn about what that game is unfortunately so so yeah um news this week there's a few stories here nothing super super deep on the news stories um one is that there is a yokai watch stream coming up here on july 9th um and apparently at least according to silicon era uh there is going to be a or they're at least teasing a new yokai watch game uh to be announced there it's kind of a weird situation with yokai watch here in the u.s because there have been multiple yokai watch games since the last one that released here which i believe was yokai watch 3 uh, on the 3ds so there's been yokai watch 4 yokai watch 4 plus and then there's also been i think like the yokai watch academy game i forget what it's called specifically but it's the one where it's like the yokai are kids in an academy kind of thing it's, it's an interesting looking game that i never really probably give it my full attention in any way to really understand what was happening in it but but it's like a top-down kind of brawler thing if i recall correctly off off the top of my head um Yokai Watch 4 was announced for localization in the U.S., but unfortunately, uh, it's been years since that announcement happened. So the the assumption is probably that um, you know it, it's no longer of interest for for Nintendo specifically. I think Nintendo was handling all the publishing for Yokai Watch in the U.S. I don't know if Level Five's really published anything in the U.S. in a long time. So so I just don't think they have the capabilities to do that. And also. I don't know if Yokai Watch really ever showed the strong sales that it did in Japan to really justify it. So whatever we get, um, there's a good chance that, uh, or whatever we may get announced, there's a good chance we won't actually see it here in the U.S. Uh, at all. But I'm curious to see what it is, um, if it's going to be like a mainline game or a spinoff game, because um, I don't get the impression Yokai Watch 4 sold super well, but you know, they, they did go ahead and put a plus version out, so maybe... I don't know if that's an indicator of we need more money out of this game or this did not sell well enough. So we need to, or this, this sold well. So let's, let's double dip kind of thing. But I recall looking at the time at the sales numbers and it being a downward trajectory from Yokai Watch 3 in Japan. Um, so, so I, I don't get the impression that franchise is particularly healthy at this point. Um, but I am curious to see what happens with it. I'm definitely interested in playing Yokai Watch someday. There's also a port of Yokai Watch 1 that happened to the Switch as well that never came out here too. So, so that's something that I, um, I don't know. I, I like the Yokai Watch series. I like what I've seen of it. Uh, but unfortunately I have not played any of them yet. Um, so I have Yokai Watch 2 Phantom Spirits or something like that. 
or maybe it's Fleshy Soul. That's a look. I don't remember which one it is. I have I have one of the Yokai Watch twos. It's like Pokemon where they release multiple versions of the game. I think it's like two versions, and then they release like a third, like complete version or whatever, like a Pokemon Platinum versus a Diamond and Pearl kind of thing. Um, and then and then Yokai Watch three, I think, was just one release at the time. So. Um, there's, there's like a lot of spinoff games. I think a few of them came over here as well. But um, but yeah, I just think none of them really paid off for Nintendo, unfortunately, at the time um, to really build up to be a real franchise. So so I don't think we'll get anything out of it that's really um, going to be relevant to us here in the West. But that doesn't... Never say never, right? Never. Speaking of never say never, there's a game... I don't, I'm pretty sure I talked about this game in the past on the podcast, but I cannot remember. I looked up the name and I could not find it. So I might have written it under its Japanese name. Uh, but the U.S. name for it is Shadowverse Champions Battle. And this is a card RPG game. I don't know if it's based off another like existing RPG. Probably. I feel like a lot of times I'm just like, I'll be like, this is a cool looking game. And then I find out it's like some anime card thing that has a mobile game and then like physical cards and like three seasons of an anime. I'm like, I don't care about that stuff. I just want your weird, you know, Nintendo Switch game you're putting out. <laughs> um, so Shadowverse Champions Battles, I think Exceed is localizing this one. And it is a, it's a card game and it looks very straightforward in terms of it being a card game. But what I like about it is it has like an over overworld with like characters and things like that and very defined characters. The, the trailer they showed has like characters talking in the cutscene, like going around the school and stuff. So it seems like they put a lot of effort into that single player experience. It's a great looking game too, you know, maybe, maybe as expected for the switch in terms of, you know, fidelity, but it is very much that like yokai watch kind of, uh, cell shaded look, you know, light anime aesthetic that you would kind of expect out of like a kid's TV show kind of thing. Um, and I just think it looks nice and I like that persistence world kind of thing. I'm always somebody who, even if it adds a little trouble to the game, um, I always want to have a world that I'm kind of walking around at if I'm like going back to a base or something. I'm not a huge fan of just like menuing through stuff. It's why like Fantasy Star Portable 1, I have a hard time with that game because all the towns are just menus and you don't actually like go around anywhere. Uh, but they added a town back into Fantasy Star Portable 2. Um, and I assume Fantasy Star Portable 2 Infinite as well. We played a little bit out, uh, on stream a while ago, and I think if I recall correctly, it's just the same lobby as Fantasy Star Portable 2. Let's stop talking about Fantasy Star Portable. Um, but but I do like like building out that world. So I think it looks really nice um, overall. I don't think I'll play it, unfortunately. Um, I've got too many games that are like that that I've picked up you know, for fairly cheap, just never got the time to get around to. Got Bakugan, Battle Brawlers on the Wii, I think, and that game seems really cool. I want to check that game out someday, but I'll probably will die first. So, so yeah, we'll see. And this last topic I want to talk about is, um, a little, I don't know if sensitive is the right word. It's one of those things that like, I, I can't say too much on because, you know, everybody has their own, their own like pricing thing. Right. But, uh, an interesting kind of move, and I don't know if they've communicated um, why this is happening, but NIS America is raising the price of their PC games. Um, so this is a variety of games that they've put out over the years. So this includes like some Yeast games, uh, Yo Mawari, uh, Rose and Twilight, I actually don't know what that one, Psychopaths, Phantom Brave, The Longest Five Minutes, things like that. Um, so apparently they're at like a discount, or maybe not at a discount, but they were like $10.00 for a while on various online stores and they're basically increasing most of them up to 20 bucks a couple of them are going back to like 50 dollars. i don't know if their original price was 10 dollars that um but but most of their games are at least doubling in price it seems like um and you know <laughs> 
I saw a pretty negative reaction to this and I get it for sure. Like, especially when you're putting out like a press release about it, I'm pretty sure they put out like an actual news post. Yeah. Um, saying that this is going to happen versus like, I don't know if you guys remember, but during when professor Layton first came out in the U S it did not sell as well as Nintendo was hoping, um, as much as you might think, given how successful it became, but the original Professor Layton in the U.S. specifically just kind of died out there. And there's a while where nobody was really buying it, and the price dropped down to $20. So you could find it like new in stores for $20. Is that a Nintendo price for $20? Was that a you know local retailer price for those $20? I'm not sure, but everywhere you'd go, it was like a $20 video game. Um, and then, uh, that game picked up steam. Um, I think it was, if I recall correctly, the game came out in Europe and did incredibly well in Europe. And so in the U S they kind of refreshed their advertising campaign for professor Layton. This is all in my memory. I'm not like sourcing any information here. So don't sit there and take this as fact. But if I recall correctly, um, they refreshed their advertising campaign and then the game got really popular in the U S cause it was more leaned in, in what they had done in the UK to make the game successful. And then at that point, the game's price went back up. So I, I, that's like the one time I can think of where a game like seemed like it dropped down to $20 and then I was like, whoopsie, whoopsie. Maybe we just advertise this wrong. Chalk it back up to 40. <laughs> I will say like, you know, most of these were going from $10 up to $20. I think $20 is like a fairly reasonable price for, for what a lot of these games are doing, right? Like most of these games were full retail price at launch or at least some some like PSP style pricing at like maybe 30 bucks or something like that. Um, I wish they gave a, a, a reason why um, the, the prices went up just because I think it would make it a lot easier to be a little more, um, you know, understanding of them. But honestly, like I think twenty dollars like a great price for for most video games in that regard, and and if if ten dollars, how much they are charging for them, that seems a little low for a lot of these. Um, it's 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 one of those things where obviously the value of ten dollars is going to vary drastically per person, right? Depending on your income, where what your expenses are, and things like that. So I don't want to say like you know, oh, be quiet. It's only twenty dollars or something like that, right? I don't want to say that. Um, but I do say, I do want to say there's one of the problems video games have had over the last like decade or so, um, whether it's just for better or for worse, I don't know, um, is that, that videos typically, uh, you know, maybe have been priced a little lower than they should be at times, just cause it, a lot of the times it's like a race to the bottom. The mobile market was the prime example of this. Um, and then I think to some degree steam, that was also the case. And, and I think to some degree, we are also seeing, less deep sales happening these days rather than than a long time ago where it used to be like there's a ton of stuff that'd be like 99 cents on steam all the time and it was like crazy deals um and and i'm not like super aware of steam deals to say if that's you know not uh, like still true today but i do feel like i see a lot less crazy deals when i log into steam usually it's like something is like oh it's on discount and it's $25 instead of $40 now versus like, oh, it's like $5 included with a pack of like 80 other games or something is how I feel like it used to be more like. And I think, you know, you have to think about with some of these stuff, like, you know, this money is going to a publisher and developer, which then pays their staff and that stuff. And I would definitely rather give money directly to a company if possible with this kind of stuff. Uh, but then also there's the whole thing of like, hey, CEOs, if you didn't see the Bobby Kotick story of Bobby Kotick getting a 
ton of money recently. Um, so, so like, where is that money going when you give it to the company is a whole other thing. But, um, you know, generally I think in, in some ways it should be good to respect the pricing of games to some degree. Um, but again, I don't want to sit there and tell you that, you know, you shouldn't feel, you know, that, that $20 is, 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 is nothing or something like that. Right. Like everybody's situation is different, but, but I do feel like these are decent prices for video games. None of these are like, you know, over the price of like a normal video game. I feel like so. So yeah, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneControlPro.com is the website. As I mentioned earlier, uh, I have not really gotten a lot of progress on content. Unfortunately, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm sorry anymore because I really shouldn't say I'm sorry about this stuff. Um, I, I will say, I appreciate your patience and 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 willing to to wait um i'm thank you everybody who's been checking out the near video uh, after that got some 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 legs that definitely makes me feel a lot less like like desperate to get a, a video out because that one seems to be doing okay at the moment um but i'm still working on it you know this is early july 4th weekend for me so there's a good chance i'll be able to um do do some some stuff this weekend and get a lot of progress done uh, i really hope i do i think that is something that i really want to do at this point because i'm i'm somebody who if i don't get something done it starts to really wear on me and um i need to get something done so i feel better <laughs> so my body and mind feel better i feel like at this point i think that's the point i'm at right now so um i do think we'll see a yy combat uh casual review if that's coming up next week or two weeks from now i'm not sure but I do think you'll see that at some point in the near future. I do want to talk about that game in a more, um, you know, not really formal sense, but I want to have a video I can put out there that people can look at with some gameplay, things like that. Um, don't pay whatever price on eBay. That's like $70 for that game. Don't do that. That game is not worth $70. Get it cheap for like, you know, anywhere between $1 and $10, something like that, I'd say. I paid $1 for it out of a junk bin and then uh, resurfaced it for $2. So you know, about basically a $3 video game. So, so yeah. Um, otherwise though, if you're don't know what's coming up, basically I'm working on an animal crossing amiibo festival video. And then I'm also working on that PC effects video. There's a few other PC effect video things that I'm doing it right now as well. Um, I did go ahead and upload the dirge of Cerberus online cutscenes on my archive channel. If you want to check those out, I recorded them at a high quality, not the highest quality they could be. You know, ideally you'd want like a 4K capture for when it comes to 480p content, but I don't have a 4K setup at this point. So what I did was I captured it at 720 and then I uploaded it at 1080 to kind of reduce some of the YouTube compression. Um, and I think that's probably the best looking footage of those online mode cutscenes on the internet. But there is a fan translation version out there of uh, somebody who recorded the original cutscenes from the online mode rather than off that, uh, bo not bonus disc, but the, the final release of Dirge of Cerberus. I won't get into too much of it um, at, the, at this point because uh, it's a whole situation. I've talked about it on the, the stream. So if you want to know, know more about Final Fantasy VII Dirge of Cerberus, I would encourage you to either go to the livestream.net or you can watch my stream and watch me fumble through information about it and be like, is this true? I don't remember. <laughs> is Lucrezia's Vincent mom? I don't remember. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be it for that. Thanks for coming. Wonkatour.com is the website. Oh, and before I go, I forgot to mention um, the for the uh, the Wii uh, online server thing and also the PS Vita hacking, I'm using the SD card uh, uh, connector that you guys 
donated for coffee for me. So thank you again for that. It's been a lot more helpful than having to boot up my old, very slow laptop to use the SD card slot on there. That's actually kind of finicky and doesn't like to work very well. So having this little thing here, I'm going to plug into a USB port and like look at just like have a bunch of different formats between, you know, I think a Sony memory stick, SD card, micro SD card, flash card, things, compact flash card. I don't know what XD is, but I got an XD slot. Um, I'm looking off the screen here really, but, but yeah. Um, so I've got this thing here and you guys, thank you again. Uh, the, the coffee goal right now is still the active life challenge thing. Um, so if you want to donate anything to the coffee, you can do that. Um, there's a link on my website for the coffee, so you can check that out there. That's also in the description of the YouTube video, and I probably need to work it into the description of the podcast uh, description as well. But thank you again. I hope you have a great week. Bye.